Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about the secret benefit of podcasting. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I tee this up? Yeah, well, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so I was um, at MYOB uh, last week. That's David Baker's annual conference for creative business owners. And one of my co-speakers was Adrian McIntyre. And I just so loved his talk. And then Jonathan and I were talking about it this morning. And we realized that maybe Jonathan, you talk about this issue a lot, but just not on this show. So yeah, so that this idea that he had, he presented it visually as a triangle. Think of like Maslow's hierarchy, right? And so when a professional service firm, and that includes, you know, all of us as solos as well, when they start a podcast, they tend to think of, of this podcast in three tiers. And the first one is, oh, all the social media stuff that I have to do, all the promotion I have to do to get people to listen to this. And then once all that happens and I get people to listen, then I have the next band, which is um, the people that might want to work with me, right? So I'm kind of separating them out from this bigger group on the bottom. And then at the very top are the people who actually hire me or my firm. So what he was proposing was that we invert the triangle. So the point is at the bottom and that you start by inter- by interviewing clients or, or really potential clients, people that you would like to work with. So ignore all of the promotion and the social media aspect of it. Just really focus on identifying the people that you would like to work with and inviting them into your podcast. And then again, the triangle's inverted. So then you worry about getting beyond your initial group of people and then beyond that group as well. Right. Yeah. And so when you told me that, I was like, I was like, yeah, we, we talk about this all the time, <laughs> but we, like, no, we, we don't. don't, I do. Right. <laughs> so, and, and as I was thinking about it, it, it might be that I mostly talk about it inside of five day podcast challenge. It's probably in the yeah. marketing materials. I might do some email sequences about it too, but there are a couple of really obvious benefits of podcasting, but then there's this one hidden one that always takes people by surprise, which is the same thing that that speaker, you said Adrian McIntyre? Adrian, yeah. Yeah, that's what he was getting at. It's like, well, assuming, you know, stepping back for a second, assuming the point of doing the podcast in the first place is to make your business better, attract more and better leads, that kind of thing. Assuming that's the point of it, then right like just start immediately with the goal. And so let, let me just kind of run down there's the benefits and then I'll, I can talk about talk about that one in particular, at least my usual soapboxing around it. I think the first benefit, I, we always talk about like the one-two punch. If I could only have two kind of like channels to share ideas, it would be a mailing list and a podcast. And they serve different functions. They kind of complement each other. Where the the mailing list, especially if you do it daily or Monday through Friday, if you especially if you write it a lot, um, but how whatever the frequency is, it really helps you crystallize your ideas, putting them down on virtual paper and sharing them with people, publishing them, and getting feedback about whether or not your message is getting across. Yada yada yada. We've talked about this a million times, I'm sure, but it really crystallizes your thoughts. the The subscriber growth is a side effect. It's a, it's a nice benefit, but the main importance is crystallizing your thoughts. Okay, so that's, to me, that is the super important piece 
of uh, at least a, a writing practice of some kind. The podcast is the obvious benefits are that it creates this, I call it asymmetric intimacy between the host and the listener or the hosts and the listener, where to them, to the to the 10, to the 100, to the 1,000 people that listen to each episode, you are famous. And it, it's actually, when I started talking about this, someone wrote in and said, oh, there's actually been studies done on this about celebrity. It was mostly around television celebrities because the study was done in the 70s, I think. That's the Q score, probably. I, I can't remember, but it was, but the phenomenon of feeling like you know LeBron James is called parasocial relationships, which I think is a really gross name, so I, I didn't <laughs> adopt it. But it's like where they feel, they actually do know a lot about you. Like people who have listened to this podcast and, and my other podcasts will remember stuff about me that I forgot I ever said, <laughs> right? And so they, right. they they actually do know things about you, at least, at least one aspect of you or, or uh, a subset of the overall experience. So they really feel like, they know you and and to a certain extent they do this is great for closing deals so because that you're it's great for um turning yourself into a category of one like they wouldn't shop around with someone they didn't already weren't already friends with didn't already know and it can just make it you know like when i get a coaching student even if it's just a one-off call or if it's like a uh, like a private coaching engagement like a four-month thing if they've listened to the whole back catalog, it's going to make everything go much so more so much more smoothly, mm-hmm. because we can jump straight into the the real nitty gritty of whatever the challenges are that they're facing or whatever opportunity they they're having a hard time capturing, because they know all the basic stuff because that's you know the general advice and wisdom all of that stuff. So uh, well, they also frame it in in your language then, right? If they've really heard it, it's like, oh, well, like somebody to me might not say specialty, but they would say niche Mm -hmm. as an example. Yeah, so that's another benefit if, again, if you're trying to attract clients, whatever you're, you know, if if the podcast is to make your business better and you do something like that, then sort of (laughs) indoctrinating them into your worldview makes your community, you can communicate so much more quickly, you know, because you know what, things like asymmetric intimacy means you know what you you know everything about ditching hourly you you know what snail means right like they're all of these like <laughs> don't get me started <laughs> who's snail so it, it's so it makes you it makes you like a celebrity in in the eyes of the people who you could probably help and it uh, builds trust so that it's easier for them to decide to work with you and then when they do work with you it can make things go a lot better so i i think maybe that last one is probably something that people don't realize but but certainly they understand the concept of like turning yourself into an authority right like that's the that that's probably an obvious benefit of podcasting so the secret benefit one that was brought up in the in that talk is that well let me let me talk about it like this in in five day podcast challenge the promise is that you, you'll be inviting guests to the podcast by Friday or as soon as Friday, if you do the work and it starts on Monday and on Friday, you could be inviting guests and people are like, but that doesn't seem like enough time to start a podcast. And I'm like, it's not enough time to start an amazing podcast, but it's enough time to start a pretty good podcast. And really going from zero to one is the hard part. 
like getting out of your own way, just doing it. Here are the steps. Ignore these 80 ignore this 80% of stuff that's conventionalism that everybody says they have to do and just do this 20% and get the thing off the ground and then iterate while you're you're doing it you're in progress you can make mm -hmm. it better and everybody wants to know like what are all the tips and tricks for growing an audience and I'm like you don't need to grow the audience it's nice and it will deliver those benefits that I just talked about but you don't have to go nuts doing worrying about that right away if you just go straight to your potential customers and invite them to be on the show, even if it's not potential customers, like a, a primary reason for me to have started this podcast that you're listening to, dear listener, was to be able to have something to invite best-selling authors onto. That was my whole point. It wasn't, I never, Rochelle, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I ever was like, and we want to have thousands of downloads per episode. No, we never talked about that. It was how can we make it interesting and a value and a platform? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that you could bring, we could bring people on who otherwise wouldn't give us the time of day. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I mean, it's not true. to put too fine a point on it, but when you, if you reach out to somebody and say, hey, can I jump on the phone with you for uh, 60 minutes to pick your brain or to talk about how great it would be for your company if you hired me? That's that's not a <laughs> not gonna happen. That's not an easy yes. But you know what is an easy yes? When you reach out to the same person and say, Hey, I would love it if you could come on and talk about chapter four of your book. I think it would be super applicable to our audience. I love this particular thing about it. Or you could reach out to people on your sort of prospecting list or people who would fit in your ideal buyer persona and invite them to come on and share their whatever it is, share something about their business or their journey or their uh, struggles or war stories or something that would be of interest to people like them who you're hoping will eventually hear about it and start to listen. But also you're, you're, you're reaching out with an offer to do something that has benefit for them immediately, which is that it's going to make, it puts them on a pedestal. It makes them look like you know, it's, it's social proof that they know what they're talking about. Well, it's, and you do everything in your power to help support that and make them look good on the podcast because right. you both win when right. you do that. Right. Yeah. So I have a number of students who, th that wasn't our goal with this podcast. I do it a little bit on Ditching Hourly, hourly though. But uh, I have students who are very, very tightly focused ideal buyers. They know exactly who their ideal buyer is. And so they, and they can and do go on LinkedIn, they connect with people who would be good in their target market, and they do a little bit of research and pitch them on coming on the show. And that's a much easier yes than like, hey, can I, can we jump on a phone call so I can pitch you my services? Well, the other thing is, it's, it's a much easier yes. It is more work than going to a quote unquote celebrity and saying, oh, come and talk about chapter four of your book. Um, so that's the thing. And that's where I think people mess up sometimes is that you go to somebody without doing the homework mm. is you've got to do that. It, it's it, for somebody who doesn't have a book, who isn't constantly out there on some kind of a platform, you don't necessarily know what they sound like on a podcast, what they're going to talk about, what their point of view is. And it, you know, I don't want to to underemphasize that the amount of work involved in doing that, but it's worth it because hopefully it's the same kind of research you would do if you were approaching them to talk to them about a project. Right, right. If you were going to pitch them, they did say yes, 
and you were going to pitch them on your services, you probably better do the exact same homework, you know? And even yeah. if you, and by the way, when, I'm not saying that you get them on the show and then like when you stop recording, you say, oh, by the way, did you know I do, you know, you're not pitching them. You're never, it's never about pitching. It's about right. giving them some time on your platform to share their expertise, right? To share their experience. People love doing that. Not everyone, but a lot of people do love doing that. And it creates a bond between you when you really watch out for them and help them to be their best on your podcast. Mm -hmm. They remember that. They right. feel good about it yeah. as they should, you know, as we should, you know, it's, it's, that's part of the joy of doing it. Yeah. I go on a lot of shows and, and I, I really appreciate the ones who do their best to make me put me in the best light, you know, that, that sound good that, you know, they, whatever they do, they do all sorts of things. Some do it better than others. And, and it's appreciated when people do do it. So the secret benefit here is really, it is about the building the relationships with the people you get on the podcast. So, you know, depend, whatever type of people you're inviting on the hidden benefit, maybe the biggest, it depends, but maybe one of the biggest benefits is that you're creating these relationships with people who otherwise would be very difficult to get on the phone uh, to even understand why you would want to why they might want to, or you would want to talk to them about whatever. It's just a, it's just a much easier thing to say yes to. Well, yeah, it's also, you're growing one by one, um, which in this case I think is good math, right? I'm thinking of, um, there's a, there's a guy that um, teaches podcasting and I previewed a new training that he was doing. And part of his thing was that the way to grow your podcast audience, the first hundred of your audience is one by one, like one at a time. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the video and you know, he's a good guy, he's got good ideas. Um, I'm looking at it going, why would I ever do that? Like if I'm gonna have a conversation with somebody, I'm not gonna try to get them to be in the podcast where they're not on my email list, where we don't have a connection, where I have no idea what they think. I'd rather have or start a relationship with them. If they're not somebody I would have on the podcast, I'd still rather like connect with them on LinkedIn, um, have the ability to start a conversation with them or encourage them into my email list if that wasn't where they started versus one by one by one by one on a podcast where I just, I have no way, it feels very ethereal. Um, followers of the podcast. Yes, they download it, but you have no idea unless you survey them with some regularity what they're thinking and how they listen. I mean, you just, you just, there's so much that you don't know versus having them on your list or at least in LinkedIn where you can, you've got some kind of a connection. It's two way, right? Like podcasting yeah. is one way, it's broadcast. So it's, yeah. it, it leaves a lot to be desired in terms of understanding the, listening patterns, understanding what landed, um, knowing if people are listening at all, like just because it's downloaded doesn't mean they listen to it, all of that stuff, like you just said. It, it's really the the only feedback I've, I, I really notice, the only traction I really notice is the, you know, the when people on my list will email on Monday, I usually announce whatever the, the episode that lands on Monday, I always announce it to the list and, and the replies I get to that email to, to me are the metric that matters because most people, if you, most people, because of the way podcasting players work, most players are going to download the episode the day of. So when you, if yeah. you do look at your 6 a.m. Yeah, Monday morning, right. <laughs> that's yeah, our download. Big peak. spike of downloads. And then there's like, 
And then over the course of the life of the show or the episode, it'll probably like double, you know, long tail kind of thing uh, over time, depending on the episode. But it roughly uh, thinking it about doubles the initial download. So, you know, that's just people sharing it over time, people listening from social media link or something like that. They're maybe not subscribed to the show and their player. But yeah, the, this idea of being able to always have something to invite someone to. I, I think that I think I heard, read that idea first in Book Solid by Book Yourself Solid by Michael Port, where one of the things he recommends is to always have something coming up that you can invite ideal buyers to when you meet them. ABI, like always be closing, always be inviting. Always be inviting, right. (laughs) Right. And his example at the time, this is an old book, so at the time, I think the example was like a third Thursday event of some kind. It was like a... It was an in-person thing, I think. I think it was in person. Uh, I think it was. But the podcast, but I, I never forgot that. And the podcast works that way. If you do want to... You know, presumably your podcast, if it's a, if you're doing it for your business, presumably it's going to be for on it, on something that's of interest to people who are probably a good fit for you to work with. And when you come across someone like that, you've always got this invite you can hand over for this kind of win-win thing. It's like mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. I do this on Ditching Hourly, sort of, where if someone comes along and they are for whatever reason, usually it's a cash flow situation. Like they really want to talk to me. They, they've got, uh, but they can't afford a call, a paid call. And if the thing that they're wrestling with is really interesting, if there's something really interesting about them, something they're in a bizarre vertical or uh, they're from another culture or in, they've got some this pricing thing that perhaps seems different. It's kind of like, is there something I or the audience can learn from this person's unique take on the world, their unique situation? And then I'll have them come on and essentially it's a coaching call, but it's in public. So I'll say, well, mm-hmm. you, can, you know, so if someone emails me and they've got this really drawn out question that, that I, it needs to be done in real time, then I would say, well, you've got two options. You can have a private conversation with me for, you know, 2,500 bucks or whatever it is, or you can come on the pot on the podcast and we can talk, have the same conversation, but it's everyone in the world's going to hear it. You know, everyone that listens right. is going to hear it. So it's not private. Uh, so some people say no to that because they're like, well, this is kind of a sensitive topic. It's sensitive nature. Uh, I'd really rather not talk about it publicly. Even if I didn't, it, even if you don't use their name, they're sure all their friends are going to hear it. So and recognize their voice. So sometimes people say no, <laughs> but usually they say yes. So I don't know if that it's not quite the same thing because this, I mean, maybe these folks will end up perhaps if they take the advice that we, that we settle on in the show, perhaps they'll come back. They'll, they'll have some success, maybe have a little bit more money, maybe come back and hire me at some point. But really I see those as like, um, sort of demonstrating how it would go for people who do pay, you know, cause I'm explicit about the fact that it's basically a coaching call. Well, it's, it, it's, and it is about invitations. I mean, I'm thinking about um, just the conference that I was at last week. There were a couple people who knew I was going to be there and they said, Oh, I want to make sure that we have a chance to talk because, and so it was, you know, we didn't have appointments, but we had, they had something to invite me to. And the flip mm-hmm. side is, for those of you who are doing 
any sort of in-person conference or um, association work. Like, you know, when I was in an organization where we met once a month in person, I would almost always bring a guest. It would be somebody that I just started talking to, or we talked about the issue that they were going to talk about. And sometimes I'd host a table, sometimes it would just be one person. But having that with some sort of regularity, like a conference you attend, even if it's just once a year, or a, con- a conference circuit where maybe you have three, four, or even five, because some of you do that many conferences every year. Yeah. It gives you that opportunity to create some continuity with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so whatever kind of relationships you're trying to build, this can be, having a podcast is, it's just amazing for that. You get all the other benefits uh, the sort of, you know, celebrity people squeal when they meet you or when they, you know, jump on a phone call <laughs> That's with pretty you. awesome, I have to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. Or like it, they're almost jarred when you do get on the phone with them. And I've heard more than one person has said to me, like, I feel like I'm talking to an interactive podcast, <laughs> you know, because it sounds the same as same room, same mic, same everything, I suppose. And the other thing about it is... I guess this is... I'm, I'm going a little bit into like course material here, I suppose. But the, the thing about... The format that I recommend for people who are trying to use the podcast to do all of these things to make their business better in all the ways that we're describing, the format I I recommend is weekly with a guest or that that's my, by far my number one, my number two would be, uh, co-hosts like we're doing, um, I like to keep it to two people. I think it's, it, you know, you know, Rochelle, like when we've had a guest on, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And you got to be careful about stepping on each other's toes. The editing is much harder. If you're doing it yourself, the editing is way harder. Uh, there's a lot more to, to, to calculate. There's also a lot of more work pre-work between Rochelle and I, when we're, you know, who's going to reach out to the guest when's your calendar free. They can't do it on our normal recording time. It is like, it is exponentially more complicated. To do. Well, and especially when there's a book that we've both read mm-hmm. and we might have picked completely different sections. This has happened a number of times where you've been enamored of a thing and One I'm thing. like, really? Yeah. I don't care about that. I want to talk about this. And, you know, we right. talk about both, right. Right? right? But yeah, there is coordination involved. And there's, there are some, Is it? I think it's Stacking Benjamins, which is a financial <laughs> podcast where they have like, I think it's three, it may have changed since I've last listened to it, but I think they have three co-hosts and uh-huh. then they'll have guests. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah, th- that's impressive to be able to to manage that. It feels more like having a, like a radio show than a podcast. Right, right. Yeah, I used to be on a panel show called uh, the Freelancer Show. It's still going, I think. Um, and that was four or five, sometimes six people on the call. It wasn't. There were never guests. It was always like it was always like people f- that had different kinds of. There were experts in different areas, but it was all related to freelancing, and mm. we would talk about that and. Uh, I didn't edit that one, so I don't, but that had to be brutal just to get all the levels and yada, yada, yada. But so anyway, so the format I recommend for for people who are just starting out is this sort of, you don't want to, it's very hard to just monologue into a mic. You almost have to write a script and then read it and then you sound weird if you're, unless you're really good at it. So doing a solo show is very hard. Doing a show where you're talking to someone and you can have a normal conversation is much easier and then once you've got like, if you have more than two people, it does get complicated. But the 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 
it's hard for me to just not talk about all the awesome things about podcasts and the surprising, the things that might surprise you if you've never done one. But the focus for today is about that relationship building with the kind of people you want to build relationships with. It's amazing for that because you've got this ready invite and you can just be like, Hey, why don't you, I've got an opening next Thursday or whatever. Let's jump on. Could you jump on a zoom call for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour? And, and there's there can be an element of magic where you kind of lose track of time, which is dangerous because mm-hmm. you are doing a podcast and you have to whip it into shape for everyone <laughs> to want to listen. Right. But that's what happens with relationship building is that sometimes it just goes by leaps and bounds. And I think the podcast gives you the ability to do that. Now, I wanted to just add something so that I'm true to, to Adrian McIntyre's presentation. He proposed something else, which I know you and I are probably never going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but his clients tend to be larger professional service firms. And his thing was do them in person. Because if you, an an example he used is like, take a two week period, do nothing but create this podcast. So you create like a mini, a mini series almost. And Mm -hmm. you could do it in where you are, you could go to the clients, you could go to a conference and set up a, you know, an audio uh, outfitted hotel room where you do them. But his, his rationale is being across the table from them is huge and it changes how you build the relationship. So I want to throw that out there. I don't think people in our audience are probably going to be doing that with a couple of exceptions. I know I have a couple of clients that go to conferences with their podcasting equipment so that they Mm. can nab people while they're there and it gives them another chance to build that relationship. So I wanted to toss that out because I thought it was a really interesting idea. Yeah, I've I've never done that, but it's been done to me <laughs> where you go to a conference and somebody is exactly what you said. They've got their suite set up. They've got a suite. They, it's all set up, lighting, you know, set everything and uh, and do like I've, I've done it. I can think of a few times, three times directly, like right off my head where it's like lights, camera, action. We're going to we're going to interview you about the, the talk that you're giving or that you just gave and yeah, it's great. As as a guest, it's just such, it's like you went to all this trouble and all I have to do is show up and essentially yeah. summarize the talk that I've already prepared. It's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. What time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's. Well, and it's also, you know, if you're like a client, right? If you're a potential client, so you're the head of, you know, yada, yada, yada at company X and somebody says, hey, I know you're going to be at the conference. Could I grab you for a half hour? I'm going to have a suite all set up and I'd like to interview you about this. Mm-hmm. Most people are going to say yes, yeah. right? And then you have, you as the podcaster have the added advantage that you're going to meet this person. And yeah, you have to schlep a little bit more equipment. I, I don't think you have to go to like create a true audio suite. There's some things you can do with like the towels in the room <laughs> to, to add, you know, some of that you can close the drapes, things like that. But it's it really the the clients that I have that have done this have done it with really good results in mm-hmm. terms of relationship building as well as having this asset, this joint asset that they created. Right. Yeah, it's it, yeah, I I don't see myself doing this kind of thing, but then again, it's hard for me to imagine even going to many conferences at all. I was but, say you have to get out of the house. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm a more of a remote guy at this point. But, I actually uh, thought about it for this conference. I did think about it, and then I just decided that too many moving parts I didn't want to add. 
right. one more thing to it. Plus, you know, I, I travel with carry-on luggage and multiple mics just seem like <sighs> it might just be too much. Right. But to your point, I mean, I you can't imagine that it wouldn't be better for an even better way to create a relationship with people in your target market, you know, yeah, uh, to, to have some kind of chance where it's convenient for everybody to do it in person. That would be like way better for sure. Yeah. Well, and I can see, you know, if you have a certain size firm and you've got a very particular kind of client um, and maybe they're geographically centered more or less, you mm-hmm. know, you could, you know, go to Chicago or maybe you're in Chicago you, for a day or a day or two weeks, whatever it takes. And mm-hmm. you, you make this happen. I right. mean, I, I think it's, I think it's a great idea. And there are podcast studios around the country that already exist. It's not like you have to go and rent a hotel room mm-hmm. and do all this stuff. There are studios that already exist that can make this easier for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't even need a ticket to the conference, really. Just as long as you know where the hotel is, like which hotel it is. And if you if yeah. you were going to do it in your room or, you, or there was a place convenient to the 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 venue, then yeah, it's just... Well, you rent a suite. I'll just give you the, you want to rent a suite because you don't want to bed in the room. It just oh, right. is not the right, it's not the it's right, not vibe. right vibe. Yeah, no. Yeah. You rent a suite, close the door to the adjoining bedroom, do it in the suite, set that up, boom. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the secret benefit is that you, you have this invitation that you can extend, sort of create value first, uh, be generous first to whoever it is you want to create the relationship with. In this case, you know, it could very easily be prospects, people in your target Mm -hmm. market. And of course you're going to, if they click with you, not everyone's going to click with you, but if they do click with you, then it's like, wow, you know, that was really great. And if your positioning is laser focused and if you're, it's like crystal clear what it is that you do, or if perhaps the focus of the interview just revealed you know, made sense for you to contribute your expertise perhaps on their behalf or just to opine in general, then not only is it going to be of interest to listeners who are like the guest or aspire to be like the guest, but the guest might say like, you know, we should talk. Yeah. I'm so, sorry. Yeah. I'm nodding my head. You can't, you, you can't hear that. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't creak while I did it. <laughs> cool. So I don't know. We don't have to beat this one into the ground. Does that seem like, uh, I guess, I guess the thing that I would say is I hope this concept is as revelatory for you, dear listener, as it was for Rochelle, because to me, it's like, I was like, yeah, (laughs) it's like a big reason to have a podcast. Well, no, what I liked about it is that I felt like the people in the room were really worried about, and these are people who run creative agencies, they have employees, like they have obligations, and they're sitting there going, can I do this? Like, how can I add another thing to this very busy plate. And so to hear it kind of stripped of all of their worries, which is uh, how do I build an audience? And a lot of that is, it's, you know, there's some ego in there. Like, how do I not be embarrassed if I have like two listeners? Mm-hmm. And the point is, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, It really does. If you are meeting the right people and if your positioning is really, really dialed in. Now, he didn't really talk about that, but, right. uh, you know, in my mind, that has to happen. Uh, it has to be there to really get the maximum value mm-hmm. out of doing a podcast. Right. There's um, somebody wrote this. Uh, I read it recently and I wish I could remember who. And they said, you should do the podcast that only you can do. And it, 
in a way that can be really hard to say, oh, what is it that only I can do? But it's kind of goes back to like, what's what's the onlyness factor of you and your firm? Like, what do you have to offer that nobody else does? And, you know, that's the germ of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I said early on, like the, the one, two punch for me is like mailing list to crystallize the thoughts and the podcast for building your authority, building trust and building relationships. It's useful. It's an easy yes. It's a generous way to lead. There's so many great things around it. Is it work? Yes, of course it's work. Uh, and if you do need to justify it, well, there's your justification. It's like, how else am I going to get 20 people in my ideal target market to say yes to sit and talk with me over the course of the next you know, yeah, 10 weeks? Exactly. Cool. Anything else? <laughs> no, I think we'll have one that's under 45 minutes for a change. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I could I could go off on a tangent about podcast no, editing, you will not. but I will not. Yes. <laughs> then we won't make our goal. <laughs> right. All right, cool. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye.